Well, I got to be straight with you, Norm. Norm. I'm not looking for anything long-term. I just want to make enough bucks to get the brakes of my car fixed and build up a little stake for L.A. But I wouldn't mind filling in until you found somebody permanent. I just won't be staying around too long. No one ever does. Bitch, I'm going to kill you. I ain't done. This ain't the course. I ain't even drug you in the woods yet to paint the forest. A bloodstain is orange after you wash it three or four times in the tub. But that's normal, ain't it, Norman? Serial killer hiding murder material in a cereal box on top of your stereo. Here we go again. We're out of our medicine, out of our minds, and we want in yours. Let us in, or I'ma kill you. If you've just tuned in, the young man you just heard is Raymond Lynette, out on parole after serving four years for matricide. That's what they call murdering your mother. And matricide is what we're talking about on the Fran Ambrose Show tonight. Our guests are Dr. Leo Richman, clinical psychiatrist and author of The Mother Killers, Boys Who Kill Their Mothers. Dr. Richman is going to help us find out what makes them do it. Now, turn me to the window. I want to keep my eyes on you. Make sure you don't start playing with filthy girls again. Yes, mother. Good. Well, what are you gawking at? Go downstairs and open the motel. What do you expect us to live on? Oh, do you want to Mother, blood, blood! No, I'm in. She's a whore. <laughs> That's the beginning. So we're back, and it is uh, the second half of the psycho, the psycho, psycho retrospective. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie's still here. You're not getting rid of me. Uh, I can't wait to argue with you for another two hours. No, I'm just kidding. Me and Jamie have actually agreed on a lot of stuff. I know, it's something's wrong. I know, something's just not <laughs> gelling here. That's a psycho reference. No, but actually, uh, see, Jamie did mention that she has a couple issues with uh, Psycho 3, so I'm, I'm excited to hear what those are. That's not bad ones, just, just a couple. Yeah, something about the music. We learned that, uh, we learned that Sister Betrell is the only nun that can fly. <laughs> So if anybody gets that reference, then yay. There's <laughs> no God. <laughs> yeah, we're excited about Psycho 3, so we're going to be getting into that. And uh, once again, this retrospective is also sponsored by The Psycho Legacy. Yes. That is a DVD, a documentary on all four Psycho movies. Pick your copy up at Amazon.com today. I think it's around 14 15 bucks. And it's fucking worth any, every fucking penny, dude. That documentary rocks. Yep, and you're going to get little clips here and there throughout the uh, retrospective. So that'll be cool, a little preview, and you'll see how good it is. Uh, hopefully I picked all the right ones. Yeah, we'll throw you a little something-something. Yeah, that's, uh, it was made by Robert Galuzzo, and that... Rob G. Rob G. And Rob G. was coming through on the skeleton crew when we did the Psycho-verse, Psycho 1962. Rob G. Oh, Icons of Fright. Yeah, Icons of Fright, that's him. Yeah, um, just as side note, um... I am good friends with a friend of his, and when this was coming out, I was going to interview him on the show with Bo, wow. and um, never got around to it. I don't know why. 
But what? When what was coming out? The the DVD. Psycho Legacy. Yeah. Do you know that that's how I met him? We were on Rabbit Red, and uh, I was you know trolling through the internet, and then I saw. I don't. I think somebody just like sent me the Psycho. They said, "Dude, check it out," because you know they know I'm into Psycho. So you're Psycho. I'm a Psycho. They sent that, and plus me, uh, plus me. Trust me. By the time this retrospective is over, people are gonna know I am. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll probably say some pretty bizarre things by the time this is over. Oh yeah, you're a fucking weird fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm. <laughs> so yeah, so they sent me that, and then I looked it up, Psycho Legacy. So I was like really into it. I saw that it was coming out in a little bit. So it was on Facebook actually. So I contacted the Facebook. Mm person and I go hey if you're involved with this I'd like to interview you for a show we do a show Harbit oh no it wasn't Harbit actually at the time it was a uh, blog talk <laughs> blog talk radio yeah that's a wow he came on and we talked man it was a good half hour conversation mm-hmm. and we've been buddies ever since uh, when I quit the show um, he came on again I wasn't there though and then when we started this show, we knew that when we did the Psycho versus Remake show, we had to get the man on. So, uh, Rob G came back for that, and we're going to play excerpts from that at the end of this show. <laughs> dude, Rob G's the man. I, You know, he's such a cool dude, man. We email back and forth. I feel, I feel like such a pain in the ass sometimes, but he works for Fearnet, among many other things. Dude's all over the place. But I'll just ask him, like, mundane questions. Like, hey, so I'm watching Fearnet. Why is this this way? And he'll be like, well, Dan. And he'll, like, to, you know, like, he'll just oh totally God. hit me back. Like, he's just the man. I feel bad sometimes, but he's just fucking, he's a great dude, man. And he, and he makes a quality product and uh yeah rock on rob g yeah man and actually i i i go even further i bother him to the i text him so but not as for mundane things like you do i actually <laughs> ask like stuff that are kind of interesting mm-hmm. right right <laughs> no i'm just kidding no, no, you're no, right. uh, <laughs> like i wrote to him last night and i said hey listen uh you got any connections with the people from bates motel so he goes, no, not as of yet. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you ever, you know, do hook up with anybody there, um, send them my way if they want to do an interview. You know, <clears throat> I was hoping we can get one on this show to promote that show, but he doesn't have any. So we'll have to do it the hard way. Just a good dude all around, man. And like I said, fucking, he makes some great stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, hey, psych- yeah, he's psycho fans unite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and look out for that Psycho Legacy book. It's definitely not out yet. He's still working on it. That but, should be um, good, man. I'll, hey, you know, I'll definitely grab it. It's no question. That's a, that's a gimme. So we're really proud that this is actually sponsored by that. That's that's cool, man. So uh, we had something sponsored that was cool. It wasn't like uh, one of our shows sponsored by, like, that whole Halloween 4 fiasco with the phony 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Remember that? Uh, yeah, they spot we gave away their Blu-rays and stuff, and then it turned out to be like phony. Oh my god! Remember that shit? Oh my god! Wow, that's crazy. Can you believe we were in the fucking <laughs> the thick of it? <laughs> we were right in the trenches of that whole fucking disaster. But it... we exposed it. Actually, wow, us, dude, us and Rob G. Actually, that's right. Yeah, tell that, that. Tell that story. Yeah, yeah. Rob G. He gets screeners, and um. 
he watched it for the 30 minutes and he's like, I don't know what's going on here. It's not written on the back. It's not in here. I don't know what, maybe it's a screener version. I don't know what's going on, but there are no 30 minutes. And then that right away, it tripped us and we were like, whoa, what? And then Mike got his a day later. And then I said, Mike, check this out. What's going on? Is Rob right? And he said, dude, it's not on here. And then we just, I don't know how, um, what's his name? Justin Beam heard about it, but we contacted him and had an interview with him, dude. And uh, all I remember is that long pause before he admitted that there's no 30 minutes. I was like, now here's the big question, Justin. Do those 30 minutes even exist? And he was like, no. <laughs> put in there an error. Well, the big question is, do these 30 minutes really exist? No, they don't. There isn't any. There, there isn't any. There isn't any footage that that I've ever seen that uh, any of us have ever seen is this, that that would certainly constitute thirty minutes of bonus footage or anything like that. And there just isn't. But then after you had uh, what's his name on too, um, <laughs> Billy Kirkus. I wasn't there for that one, but it was just like a fiasco, dude. It's like a he said fucking high school situation just blown up but at the same time dude you're talking about fucking halloween footage people take that shit seriously and i myself definitely want to see it and from what we saw what they gave us i was excited it was it was just like you know and we put that out there too but they were just like you know screen captions or whatever the fuck you call them so it was yeah. it was still cool to see but it's funny because you look at a situation like that and all it really boils down to is like high school shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, uh, you know what? We're going to get into all this because uh, our year our year anniversary is coming up. Uh, Jamie, you ready for this? Sure. <laughs> oh, she's real excited. <laughs> the, the sad thing is she's been listening since then. <laughs> yeah, right. And she still doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, people are like, yeah, you're Schmierk. We just get on with the regular shows. I'm so excited about it. I love you guys so much and incredibly happy. There are three shows that I'm on this year, this year, right now, who are hitting their year mark. And that's pretty cool. Uh, and we'll get into that on the next show, like Alex said. But we are here right now, and everything I think is great on this show because of you Jamie and everything's culminated into where we're at now and and I I'm personally having the most fun I've ever had on this show you know the last couple months with you and, and Alex and everything's just been great with you guys so like I said we'll we'll get into all that ass kissing on the next show but um yeah man yeah it's weird man cuz everything was going good before Jamie and then Although it was, Elevated. and things were solid, it just, yeah, it was like, I don't think it was like refreshing, even though a change wasn't necessarily anyone was looking for one, right. the fact that it happened anyway, and, you know, not the greatest circumstances, but the fact that it happened, I don't know, man, it just seemed to work the right, the way it was supposed to. It's Aww. like, it's like me and you were in a drag race, dude, we're cruising down the fucking road in a car, and we're just about at the finish line, and Jamie Jenkins just comes from the back seat, and she's like, With some nit nitrous injection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, dude? Yeah, man. Oh, great, dude. Guys, you're way too sweet to me. I know. Um, you have no idea how much I appreciate that you want me around. We're surprised you still do this. <laughs> yeah, right? What? <laughs> Please. Like, I'm going to let somebody else take my seat. 
You haven't even tried to fucking get out, get out of those shackles. So. I know. I feel so comfortable. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, she hasn't ordered a foot-long sub with one of those things in them. Five <laughs> foot long. Yeah, she ain't ordered the foot long. It's like the is it the Stendhal syndrome? What is it? <laughs> oh, she yeah she yeah she has a Stockholm syndrome. Thank, thank you, thank you, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, I'm I'm falling in love with my kidnappers. So. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Jamie certainly shines on this show. Mm. She had, she has a personality I never even knew about, actually. So, <laughs> exactly. no, you do. I mean, I, I got little hints of it here and there, but God, it's uh, it's it's let loose like a and a wild animal like Cage. Yeah, I know. She's a, I, he's like she's much raunchier on this show than I. I per- yeah, you are different. What do you, what do you think the problem is here? I Why personally so can't even see past those titties, but yes. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> well, then get your face out of them, that should... Jamie. Do you even do you even have a brain? I just like them. T- <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they're in her tits. You know, <laughs> Dan. It was funny because Dan came off as the the guy with depth on the third show. Uh, yeah, and he has reverted to absolutely like. No, come on, man. No, that's me, bro. I'm a romantic fucking sappy motherfucker, but at the same time, man, I'll fucking throw a fucking bitch. I don't give a fuck. All right, listen. Who would you bang, Vera, Chris, or Debbie? You're shallow now. Let's go. I don't want to give off the impression that I even closely, remotely like this film, but if if I were to pick a chick, it would be Chris because you have such an emotional investment in her. And and don't get me <laughs> see what I'm saying. But Wait, if you're gonna t- bang a chick because I have an emotional investment in her. <laughs> no, I do. I'm saying. I, okay. I, oh, he says well, you as the audience. I see. Okay. I do. No, no, I do. But at the same time, like that. Come- Vera is so hot, though. Oh, she dude, you're fine. Yeah. She's not, but... Uh, yeah. But... But... It, <laughs> what are we talking about? But I think Chris is prettier. That's all. I do. No, but I, I I, am all about, you know, like you just said, emotional investment. And So if I were to pick a chick from that, absolutely. But like I said, don't get it twisted either. <laughs> uh, shit. I'll, I'll get... I'll fucking... Wow. <laughs> yeah, he'll go to town on any one of those uh, little hotties. Let's get out of this. All right. Well, uh, so what do we got? We got Psycho 3, baby. We got Psycho 4. I want to drop the remake stuff in because we already released this. And it's just bonus stuff for people who never heard the show and they just want to get the complete package. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm just going to drop that in at the end of this because I really don't want to talk about the remake. <laughs> I mean, that is just shit. Drop that package, bro. Yeah, I'm dropping the package. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you seen the remake? Oh yeah. Do you do you want to talk about it after when we're all kind of done? You want to give five minutes on it or whatever? I, I don't give know. Give a couple minutes. I mean, there's no, there's not really a whole lot to say because <laughs> you know it's the same fucking movie, but <laughs> not as good. Right. But um, all right. Well then, at the end of it, when we do the wrap up, we'll segue into that, and then you could drop it. I'll drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot, hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot, hot. Drop it like it's hot. All right, so we'll be back. I'm going to drop some psycho tunes on you. Oh, you know what? I was gonna, Actually, you know, guys. Yes. 
the House of Horror stole our idea <laughs> in doing a psycho retrospective. I mean, we announced it, and somehow a week later they got it for God knows what reason. We got them back though by stealing <gasps> Matt Wazell. <laughs> yeah, we did steal Matt Wazell away from them. That's the one good thing that we did. Good. Yeah, we're not gonna get paid. We'll never be famous. <laughs> we'll never be famous or anything like that. But at least we have Matt Wazell. <gasps> Matt Wazell. And there's nothing you could do about it. I know a lot of you are curious of what these guys are going to say about the Psycho movies, I'm you not. know. Okay, I know a couple of you are curious <laughs> as to what they're going to say. <laughs> I mean, they're going to make, like, what, $7 on that retrospect? <laughs> Sorry, guys. You never watched the movies ever in your life. You probably, I think, I think one guy saw the remake and maybe the, f the original. One guy saw almost nothing, and they're getting a retrospective. Hey, Joe, we made $7 from the retrospective. You want to go buy the Psycho? The remake, though. The original <laughs> the remake. Hey, hey, Tom, you want to go get a, a vanilla ice cream cone down at uh, Coney's and uh, <laughs> down the shore? Come on. We made 7 bucks. Come on. <laughs> Sorry I'm talking so fucked up. I got a lip ring. Wait. Oh, dude, you have a Boston accent. Can you do... Joe? Matt Wazell! <laughs> Alright guys, we're back here with the House of Horror. Now Tom, what do you think about Matt Wazell? Because Matt Wazell <laughs> writes to us all the time. We hate on everything and um, listen, I mean, hate, 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 hate. That's what I was getting to, Dan. Now, you might be tempted to pay a dollar <laughs> for each retrospective they're doing. Oh, that's so Oh, God, you're insane. Who do you think you are? You're jerk-off talking. <laughs> you're not even, like, official. I don't, I don't even charge for the sex talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, we're going to start posting pictures of Jamie's tits and you guys can fucking <laughs> bid on it. Like, that's something that you would want to pay for. <laughs> yeah, Jamie has been having phone sex with me for quite some time now, and I've never been charged a dime. No? And it was uh, four ninety nine a minute, too, and I still didn't. Wait, you don't get charged? Yo, Jamie. Oh, sorry. Jamie. Jamie, you didn't tell me. What's good? I'm paying $5 an hour here. What's good? Uh -oh. So that means it, so that means it costs me. A rebate. <laughs> yeah, a rebate. I thought you were going to say a reach around. <laughs> I'll take either. Matt was out. So here's the thing. We actually are going to play you their show. So you don't have to listen to them. We're just, we just, we, we bought it ourselves for you guys. We invested $2 in this show. <laughs> I didn't. You did, Alex. It was out of my pocket. I wouldn't do it. So this is those guys reviewing the Psycho movies, because I, I believe that this stuff should be free, so... Alright, here you go. Here's here's their, uh, re here's their review of the Psycho movies. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah, exactly. Hate it. Hate it. Alright. That's good. Good job, guys. Yeah. Now I know why you're a horror podcast. See, there's a lot of people that I wonder why they're doing this, and definitely not you two. I could see why you chose the horror genre. 
because you just you guys just really embrace this stuff. I mean, you you're so smart and clever that you could pick out the good movies from the bad. That's incredible. Even though like we all know that these are pretty much bad, but we kind of like them for other reasons. But that's cool. How's the horror? Horror? How's the horror ball? <laughs> <laughs> So that's that. All right, so we're going to get to our own retrospective. So Psycho 3 is coming up, and we will be right back.
guy just wants to be left alone in peace. Aren't you going to take him in for questioning or anything? Just leave him alone. Norman Bates is back to normal. But Mother's off her rocker. Again. Norman, is that you? Yes, Mother. It's me. Bates Motel. Aside from total boredom, nothing's going to happen to you here. I can't have that sort of thing going on in my motel. Here's the place of bad name. Why are you so kind to me? You remind me of someone. Mother! I figured Bates was a geek, but a full-fledged Looney Tune? Norman! I'll get you for this, Mother. You haven't got the guts, boy! Natural for a son to love his mother. Psycho 3 came out July 2nd, 1986. I don't know the budget, but it made 14.5 million. I'm gonna guess that if part two's budget, would we say five million? Uh, six, seven, I don't know. I don't think it's much more than that, Mm. if even more than part two. Um, okay, so the stars this movie. Is of course Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins, Maureen by played by Diana Scarwood. Matt Wazell. <laughs> Matt Wazell was played by Jeff Vahey. <laughs> Love you, Matt. Oh, that's <laughs> Dwayne Duke. Yeah. What was what was the last retrospective uh, crowbar in of his name? Um, who directed Texas Chainsaw remake? Matt Wazell. Who can keep track, though? <laughs> there's so yeah, many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many Matt drops. All right, so Dwayne Duke was played by Jeff Fahey. Tracy Venable was played by Roberta Maxwell very well. And I didn't mention this in Psycho 2, but I will say his name. Hugh Gillian is John Sheriff John Hunt. I didn't say his name in the... Uh, the last one. So mm-hmm. That's who plays that bumbling sheriff. There's a lot of, well, not a lot, but a couple cool things about, you know, facts. I like to do that first before we do our stuff. Um, so the big thing about this movie is that it was directed by Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates himself. Uh, Anthony wanted to pay such homage to Psycho that he actually asked the studio if he could shoot this movie in black and white. That's awesome. I just mean it's awesome because he cared that much, you know? He like yeah, no, stuff yeah. into it. Yeah. Well, they did do – he did do a portion of it in black and white and um, in the very beginning when they did the flashback scene. True. And I thought that was beautiful. I, I, it was gorgeous. I, I would not have minded if the entire thing had been in black and white. Shovel to the head, yeah. Right, yep. All right, well, anyway, luckily I think for Anthony uh, – because – the use of the lighting was like startling. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a lot of Argento in his style, and that's huge. You gotta remember, directing like most directors' first movie sucks. I thought this was riveting. I mean, you know, it was said in in the Psycho Legacy and uh, I, by many people, including me. No one knew the character of Norman better than Anthony Perkins. I mean, that's that's just the fact. Right. Yeah. How could how could they? Even Alfred Hitchcock, even the guy writing 
the movie didn't know. Because you, you don't, it, you, when you embody that person, it's just so different. So knowing that, think of what we're getting here. We're literally seeing the world through the eyes of the man who brought Norman Bates to life. Mm-hmm. You know, all the off kilter qualities that Anthony had that made him Norman Bates, those qualities had another avenue, you know, another outlet, a way to be artistically expressed. You know, like this movie is left, right, and center, the most intimate look you will ever get into the character of Norman Bates. Would you agree with that? Oh, hell yeah. And he nailed it yes. too. With There's there's subtle references. There's references that are, you know, right in your face and it's like blatant. And then, yeah, it's all over the place. Um, this is It's a, so intimate though. It, oh, absolutely. Well, he nailed it on a lot of levels as far as, you know, acting and directing wise. I mean, both, you know? He, yeah, like – Hey, dude, your first movie you direct, you also have to act in? Like, I know Sylvester Stallone did that, right? Wasn't that like Rocky Three or something? Wasn't that his first directing? <laughs> yeah, but that was Rocky Three. <laughs> yeah, but listen. But, right. It's tough to act and direct if it's your first thing. Oh, if, you absolutely. Know, you figure if you're directing, I just want to focus on directing. Right. I was just comparing it to this. It, it's I, I wouldn't compare that to as good as this movie. You know, what he did with I'm a horrible referencer. Well, it, no, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what <laughs> I got you. Tony had a clear-cut view on everything he wanted to do, and no one, including Mr. Hitchcock, knew Norman Bates as well as Tony knew Norman Bates. I remember for the first month or two before the movie, I'd go up to the house, and he'd be walking around the yard with this device, this um, range finder from his neck, and he would be aiming it at different items and have people walk and talk and looking at every imaginable director's book there is, everything. And the first day on the set, the DP, Bruce Surtees, walked up and says, Tony, this shot up the stairs, how would we shoot this? I mean, it's impossible to shoot it coming down and blah, blah. And I know nothing about directing. And Tony looked at him and goes, well, and he said that in front of a lot of people, putting Tony on the spot. Tony goes, well, first of all, Bruce, if we use a baby, here and a so-and-so 5k there and we shoot it with the 16 millimeter whatever and we pull back here we come around the corner if we come back and we hit the eight spot there and seven seconds in we should swirl it back around by that time bracket out and then time it with another light this and that i think we'll get it and bruce ortiz looked at him and he goes i apologize and we'll never question you again he studied studied he studied for so many months to be a director he was great for his first shout out like i think people who truly truly love this character connect with this movie on levels that they have no problem saying that this is their favorite of the sequels you know i mean it's almost like you can't look at this movie with a critical eye mm. like you have to like view it as an experience like just sit back and let yourself go somewhere that you're not comfortable being like this movie is like a world of its own in a way like it's it's it doesn't feel like the whole world is in this movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah like is that is that am i way too into this movie or or can you see that uh yes you are way too in this yes, movie I can and see yes i can see it. this movie <laughs> <laughs> hey, no you're right you're absolutely right man and uh, it's uh, I'll probably say this a few times in this uh, you know in our review here, but 
there are so many layers of greatness to this movie and that's just one of them you know what i mean and it's a, an important one but it's definitely not the only one it's it's a psychological movie it's a somewhat of a slasher and that that aspect definitely appeals to you know slasher fans like us too but that's by no means the backdrop totally you know this is definitely about norman bates it's about all of that and and a bunch of other things all mixed together like when you when you sit there and watch a movie and you can sit there and say something good about every scene and take something almost out of every scene even there's a scene where you, you see the first time norman's really out of his element other than being in like the police station you know or something like that but it which is that uh, which actually, you're right, doesn't doesn't happen. <laughs> I or oh, out of his element? Uh, no, I just mean um in the third one here, <clears throat> when he took her out to uh to the rest. Oh yeah, dude, and, yeah. And that was a nothing scene other than you know there was uh, simple dialogue or whatever, but it conveyed so much. You know, first of all, you see a Norman out of his element, which was cool, but that was mm-hmm. that was not what they were going for. I don't think, anyways. That's the first first thing I thought of. But you know, it conveyed so much more. And then you know, later on when they come back to it, it almost set the tone right when they came back from the restaurant too. Right. Almost. Almost like we're back and some shit's going to go down. Because there's only like a half hour left at that point, And we'll get into that later, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Jamie, don't you love, like, you talk, you like those, what is it called, character nuances or whatever. I will say that I really do love his character nuances here. Um, also, the, a lot of things that he uh, put into the film, little things, little nods, uh, camera angles, um that were all too familiar, but in a good way. Uh, mm-hmm. The book in the belly of the beast from part two uh, shows back up and right next to the birdhouse. Mm-hmm. And Oh God, there were so many things, like so many odes to the original psycho in here that you could tell. Oh, the, when he offers candy corn to Jeff Fahey. Right. Mm. Um, it's, it's just all those little things, and you know, I mean, it is so obvious. It's coming out of his pores how much he did this out of love. Jamie, yeah. that whole scene between him and Jeff Fahey's fucking mint. Like, their whole back and forth where he's, like, you know, talking about the job, and then they go in the back. Every single back and forth is just fucking perfect. Like like you said, the nuances and the subtle references, and you know exactly where Norman's coming from, and, and this guy's wicked quick, too. The bar scene's like that, too, with him and the other oh, chick. Oh, I love the bars, oh, dude. back and forth dialogue, dude. Dialogue's off the hook. That chick... Tracy Venable, her acting is like classic. I mean, it's so, there's something, and the writing of it is genius in, in ways. Like, there's something like amazing. It's it's so familiar to me. I feel like just scenes like when he's like, my name, you know, my name's Duke. She's like, I had a dog named Duke once. Yeah, hated the mutt. And, and, you know, the whole thing. And, and she's like, I'll, I'll buy you, you a drink. You I'll know? buy you a drink, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so classic 80s. There's, just, there's something amazing about her performance <laughs> yeah. and her lines that, it, I don't know, man. There's just, I fall in love with it. But here's, here's what I'll say right off the bat about the entire movie and what makes it great. The reason this is great is because part one is our introduction into this whole, you know, fiasco that's going on at this motel, this guy, his mother. It's really an introduction. We're really, you know, it's you, you can't escape the fact that you're just getting into it. Part two is is really focused on him getting out, trying to maintain his sanity. Will he go crazy again? Will they get him arrested? You know, 
what's going to happen, that kind of thing. Part three is pretty much like uh, back to where it was in part one. Mother's back in the window. The motel's back in business. Uh, Norman or his mom is killing again. Like, you know how people might say, like, you know, I would love to live in Haddonfield on Halloween and see Michael Myers chasing somebody across the street, or I'd love to go to Crystal Lake and go camping and really see Jason running around or something. Mm-hmm. Who says that? No one says that. Sure they do. <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> yes, they do. If they're totally into these movies, they'd love to go to Camp Crystal Lake and, and experience that stuff. Well, of course, surviving. I want to go. I want to go to all those places that you just... Yeah, I want to go. Jamie's the only one. She's the only one. Dude, she's not like normal people. Oh, man. Well, everyone knows I'm not normal anyway. But don't you ever question my love of Friday the 13th. <laughs> if you don't want to be there, you don't love it. All right. <laughs> don't make me clamp down. <laughs> There's people who build houses that are exact replicas of the Halloween house. I mean, people want to be there, believe me. No, I know. No, no. What I was... And and yes, that's true. But what I was saying was, that you're like, you know, I want to be in Haddonfield on Halloween and and you know, just w- watch Michael Myers d- chasing after somebody. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, that's a bizarre thing, you know. They want to be there for something. I don't know what they want to experience, but they want to be there. The thing, the point is that this is just another night at the Bates Motel and what it would be like. Like the story is. The storyline's divided enough, and it's well-rounded. It has a variety of aspects that it's just so spread out that it could be any day. And although it's obviously the end of when this whole, you know, this whole reign of terror, when it all comes to an end, you don't really feel that way until the end. Right. You know, yeah. during the movie, it doesn't seem like it's getting to an end or it's going to grind to a halt. Right. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just an experience. So that's that's one thing I really love about it. It really brings you there. Of course, we have to get into the tone here. Remember how in part two I talked about how people really gloss over the gore in part two, and they see that as a classy, very much like, you know, Psycho part one, and this one is like, they just see it as like cash-in and all that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. The, the reason is really clear. I remember we had... When we had Rob Galuza on for our Psycho vs. Psycho remake show. Rob G? Jason Allentoff, I played a clip of him. He runs uh, psychomovies.com, I think. And uh, what we talked about is that this this movie has a really sleazy undercurrent. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel that way when you watch part two. Part two feels more like part one. That sleaziness is, is just something people catch on to. And they, they don't know exactly what's bothering them. And they kind of lash out about it. You know what I mean? It's like a stigma in your mind that three is a gore fest, but really it's no different than part two. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And even even uh, Ebert, from Siskel and Ebert, he loves Psycho 3. He thought that three was better than two. You know, he said Anthony Perkins' directing is fantastic. He said... It uh, was. Just... He did a really phenomenal yeah, job. Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, he would take out things here and there, but, you know, overall, great movie, really good pace, good pacing, great job. And, you know, he loved this movie. So it's weird how, like, you know, most of those guys hate horror movies, and this one was one that was liked, and most horror fans don't. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. I'm surprised, well, I man. Think, uh, that is probably very telling. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I think that it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. 
I really do like this movie. I think that there are parts of it that seem a little cheap, um, but overall, I really adore it. I, I think that he did a just. I just it was so impressed with his with his directing skills. And I did mention <laughs> uh, something I did want to talk about though. Part two. We were talking about part two. I mentioned that I was talking about the music. Now, the music here takes this omeny, weird left turn. Um, mm. And I get it because of the whole, the religious angle here. I understand it, but it just seems a little out of place. It, it's Do you mean the chanting type thing? Like, right. Da, 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 that yeah. it sounds like people in a cult sort of way? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. uh, like from The Omen or you know, South Park. Cheesy poofs. I love cheesy poofs. And it seems it just uh, to me it pulls it completely away in that respect from the other two, and it gives it a a weird kind of feel. And and it's very heavy too. Um, If it was used lightly, then I probably wouldn't have an issue with it. But it's used so heavily that it's distracting. I think. And really, uh, yeah. And I feel like it's sort of. I noticed it towards the end of the movie um, in the house uh, when some shit was going down. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. but um, When he was looking for mom? Yes, he was fall. Yeah, it was following Norman and he was looking around. Yeah, I believe Yeah, so. that was great music. Yeah, That's a xylophone, right? It was just perfect, man. And, you, you know, the way they did that as far as... Um, that's the thing. It's different from the first one, and I like it a lot. You know, the music's totally different. Like, like Jamie said, kind of ominous and um, just, just different. You know, but uh, I don't know. I liked it. I, I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it was like, oh my god, this is the greatest music. I thought it was decent, though. I mean, throughout the throughout the film, it was um, musically, it was pitch point in every scene. You know, as far as I'm concerned. So um, I didn't have any problems with it. Yeah, I I used to feel like Jamie. I actually felt that way about the entire religious aspect of this. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I love this movie so much that when I go back and watch it, I'm going to I'm going to half-heartedly watch the religious stuff and really just, "Eh, okay, let's get back to the movie," you know? Mm-hmm. Part of that was probably that chanting music that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, Jamie, as you watch Sorry, this baby. <laughs> like more and more you really stop caring it's just like you know it's there and it's just like you know you actually fall you actually begin to focus on reliving those great scenes like like Dan said when he said how you take something from every scene I really like I when when like I said in part two when the when the next scene starts up I'm I'm I can't wait to relive it like I'm like all right oh yeah love this go ahead you know, like it's just all great. Do you have and Norman eventually... Bates pants hanging on your wall? I'm I'm almost as bad. I have <laughs> no, not that bad. Here's here. You tell me. I got those uh, movie maniacs. Yeah. I got his statue has been sitting in front of my microphone since I ever started doing this. Nice. And I have a Bates Motel sign. I have a Bates Motel sign. And it's lit up right now to my left. Dude, that is badass. As you can see, because we're all in the same room, like like in our logo. Oh, right. Oh, that's right, why right. I have one, because it's... Oh, it's right there. Yeah, look, right there. Oh, I didn't see, <laughs> see it. it. 
Vacancy, <laughs> yes, blinking vacancy. And here's a, another great thing about our logo. It's weird how that came up. Um, the poster behind me, look, guys, back behind me, mm-hmm. that's a Psycho 3 poster. You're right. So this – you see that right there? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this movie <laughs> – By the way, your bone is looking great. These guys keep brushing. Thank you. Yes, you too. Yeah, your your uh, rib cage His is looking. His boner great. is looking great. His boner is looking fantastic. Oh. I bet you. I bet you've been staring at it all night. <laughs> so yeah, Psycho Three is, is is very important to me. It's 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 I because I uh, connect with the character Norman so much. This movie is my favorite of of them all. It could it could be my favorite horror movie, since this is my favorite franchise. I just don't know. I get that. I understand. Huh? I said I get that. I understand. Yeah. So, figuratively, I'd rate this a ten if that's the case. Mm. But I don't think it's perfect, though. Right. But it. So I don't. I still wouldn't rate it a ten, although it's my favorite. Well, so it's, you it's know weird. what? It doesn't. Your favorite doesn't have to be perfect. Right. You know, it's your favorite for so many other reasons. It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, uh, I I happen to think that Jaws is perfect, and it is my favorite. Um, so that's not a good example. But... <laughs> yeah, great, great example, James. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. Dan's not perfect, but I love him too. Oh, yeah. that's cute. But he is the most likable one on the show. That last yeah, one I've told. that's what I hear. And that's why I hired him because I knew I wasn't. So, what's it? If it's not perfect, though, it, okay, it's not perfect, but it's your favorite in the series. So you have to give it higher than a nine, which you did on the last one, correct? Uh, the last one? What did I say? Eight point five. I thought. Oh yeah. So technically, you could call it a nine. Or you could even go nine point five because I mean, I'm going. I'm probably going there, man. Yeah. Wow. I'm He's going there. there. He's going yeah. the way. <laughs> You're a bull, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm losing credibility. That's okay, though. I'll do it for No, you. dude, this movie's awesome. What is that? Fuck losing credibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who needs credibility in this day and age? That, how I does it gain or lose you credibility? And fuck anyone who says it does. It's you like what you like. And no one can tell you that you're wrong for that. Well, it would be like, well, he thinks this is good, so I'm not going to go watch this movie if he thought that but was good. They can good. use that as a basis, sure, to make decisions, and I hope that they do. Whether you like me or hate, or like whether you like my, what I have to say or hate what I have to say, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I don't think you should feel guilty. Exactly. For something you you should never feel guilty, ever. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> ever! I feel like. Never. Gone! Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's true. It's fucking con. <laughs> you know, this show, the spirit behind it is not to tell people what to think or they should feel this way. I feel like I would like to think of us as a representation of what everybody thinks, you know, because we're just, we're just yeah. them. I mean, we talk about what we think and based on what people think of our opinions, they can use those to form their own, you know, or to decide whether or not they want to invest time in something or not. You know. Yeah, like a recommendation, whether or not they'll take it seriously. Yeah. Well, and, and this show's kind of a, uh, you know, it mostly we represent what we love, and that's why we're doing a psycho retrospective because we like the psycho movies. Like mainly, it's directed. Yeah, we'll see new and movies. Who talks about these movies? No one. You know, right. and they deserve to be talked about because these are damn good movies. God damn it! 
It's weird that nobody talks about it. I just love shows that suddenly do retrospectives on it after we announce it. That's really cool. <laughs> Jerk offs. Too bad no one's listening to you anymore. All right. So we get to Psycho 3. <laughs> so, you know, Maureen goes to commit suicide. Uh, nun tries. Uh, she's a nun. We were on the soundstage and had, they had built the staircase going up and I was at a height, uh, I guess a couple stories to get those shots with the, the nuns coming up. I went over to Anthony and I, I, I said, I need something to stop them in their tracks. I said, I know something that'll stop them. How about if I say, there is no God, you know, in that tormented moment there. And he said, oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, 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 that's good. And that would stop them there, freeze them. It was just one of those great inspired moments by a really good actress. A year later in Savannah, Georgia, we had a screening of a film and we're sitting there waiting on the movie and it's black screen and you hear me screaming there is no god and i started shaking i thought oh my god i mean i didn't anticipate that that was what was going to happen with that i mean it wasn't where it was originally placed and what it was for but i said okay that did it and that just opened the whole thing up i said what a unique creative thing to do i mean to about grabbing an audience. Uh, older, haggy nun tries to pull her from the you know brink of insanity, and she lets go of her, and she falls down this thing and dies. And here's my question right off the bat. The old haggy nun dies, make that clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the haggy nun dies, yeah. So if you kill the nun on top of the feeling you already had that got you to the ledge, why don't you just jump? Why would you live with the guilt? <laughs> I mean, come on, Maureen, really. Little boy, you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, come on. I, I, she probably looked down and said, wow, that looked sucky. I'm just going to go to a flea bag motel and slash my wrists. That's easier. So that's what she does. So, uh, you know, she hits, hitchhikes, uh, hitchhikes and Duke picks her up. That's where we got introduced to Duke. He wouldn't drive in the rain. Mm -hmm. She's sleeping. I, I can see Dan doing this. He he takes a flashlight. He goes up her dress. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what I want to ask Jamie. Yes, hon. Jamie, do you suck dick or walk in a freezing storm in the middle of the night? Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> I guess it depends. You know? Okay, if it was Duke. If it was Duke, what do you think? Oh, no. I would not be walking that night. <laughs> not at all. Dwayne Duke would have got lucky with Jamie. Actually, you know, well, because I really I like Jeff Fahey. You know, I have always been a fan of his. Now, in recent years, he's done some real crap. But <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Hold on, Jamie. Like what? Cite an example. Like um, tour. I mean, what is it called? Um, uh, but, but tourist trap, speed trap, some kind of trap. Oh um, God, I can't argue with that. It's fucking <laughs> It's a um, what is it called? And uh, Michael Madsen is in it. Um, Michael Marsden, you mean? No, I <laughs> Michael Madsen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just throwing out some name I heard of once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like Jeff Fahey, you know, and I particularly like him in this movie. I think he's, I think he's a fun character. I think Jamie would be turned on if uh, he treated her <laughs> like Duke treated the redhead chick. I think she would think that was hot. I mean, if he threw me out of the hotel room? And threw your clothes in your face and slammed your shoes on the floor? Dude, that was so great. You know that what's funny is I was, <coughs> while that 
while I was watching it, I was actually thinking, huh, what would I do in that situation? Like, you know? You kicked the door like she did. Would I be pissed off or would I? Well, but honestly, it wouldn't have gotten to that because you... I would have left way before that. Oh, she, she already would have been gone. I would have been gone. You know, I you don't know, mean. I, I, I think it was worse, <laughs> though. <laughs> I think it was worse to when he, after he tossed her. The, the the throwing of the clothes was even worse because he, oh that was great he threw it so hard at her <laughs> like like he it, threw it in her face and then he slammed her shoes down on the floor yeah that's <laughs> one of her shoes hit her foot that's because up. he threw him fucking hard yeah but Jamie and, yeah you're you're absolutely right though Jeff A he is the fucking man and, and that's why I didn't know I was hoping you weren't gonna refer to Planet Terror. Um, oh, oh, no, 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 Because that's one of my favorite roles that he's done. No, I love that. Um, I can't think of it. It's something... I, we just... We covered it on fucking Devour, and I can't think of the name of it now, okay. but it, it's bad. It made my top ten of our, you know, the year. Well, and I got a little trivia on him. Alex is going to love this, because everybody out there knows um, Alex is a huge Lost fan. Oh, yeah. I watch a lot of TV. Did you know that Jeff Fahey and Diana Scarwood are both on Lost? Really? Yep. Both Get out of here. Are on Lost, yep. The, the, the main... What else is... Diana Scarwood was in? No. Mommy Dearest. Oh. Oh, yeah. She was the little girl at the time, right? Well, she played the, like, teenage version and oh, young oh, adult sh- version. Oh, right, 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 right. That just blew my fucking mind. You know, that movie, when I was a kid, that was wild, man. And then I saw it again when I was older, and it wasn't that crazy. It reminds me so much of so many things. <laughs> Your whole childhood. I was going to say, oh, much. shit. <laughs> no wire hangers! <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, here's the funny part about, like, you know, so she, uh, you know, he goes, you could have been coming instead of going. I love that line. I love it. Yeah, and that's all girls should live by that. You should be coming instead of going. So if I ever give you the ultimatum, come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so much more fun that Wait, way. Give it the chance. Because... <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm giving it now. Jamie? Said. Jamie? You're either on this show or you're going. So you're either coming or going. What's it going to be? <laughs> You know, this is, listen, this is a sought-after position. We got about 47 applicants that day. This isn't a trick question. Come on. <laughs> you know me, you know me, people listen to this show. Let's get serious. <laughs> we know what this is all about. I don't want to risk losing my spot. <laughs> exactly. You'll lose about 3,000 listeners. <laughs> all right. Now, do you guys think there's any what-the-fuck moments in this movie? Um, yes, there is. Okay, want to get to those? or? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, I, I just wanted to get, because, I mean, it's only a handful, but, I mean... I'd, no, there's not a lot. I'd like to hear Alex's, because I, I want to see if his are the same as mine. Therefore, uh, you know, shielding myself for, you know, future prosecution. Well, I just have funny moments. I don't really think a lot... I don't think they're what... Okay, no, if you have what the F, because I got funny. Okay, we'll jump ahead. Uh, You know, you know, after the date that he goes on with uh, Maureen, mm-hmm. you know how he, like, kind of to get on the bed and he can't go through with the sex mm-hmm. so he kind of like says he'll lay with her then all of a sudden she wakes up completely alone and her door is wide open yeah then she kind of heads over to the bates mansion and then she's like talking to norm and say what happened where were you and the way he talks to her dude is so funny he was like 
What do you want? Norman, where did you go? Get away from here. <laughs> What's wrong? Please answer me, it's Maureen. What do you want? What happened to you? Are you all right? Yes. No. I'm feeling a little sick. Oh, let me come up. No! Get away! I had a little too much to drink. I just need to rest. All right, Norman. Please, Norman. Go back to your room. Lock your door. Please. All right. Like, that is, like, the fucking weirdest thing ever, dude. But it's hilarious. I'm so glad you said that, man, because there's, there's like, one other scene, too. There's a couple scenes, man, where, I, you know, it doesn't ruin it for me or whatever, but I think he kind of overacts. He might overplay it. You know, I know what you're going to say right now. Let me guess. Yeah, yeah. Let guess, me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. Yep, let me guess. Yep. The scene where the cops show yep. up at his house. Yep. <laughs> I, I knew it. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And you just said it. Wow. Exactly. Uh, good morning, Norman. It's a little hot to be sleeping so late, isn't it? We 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 had a lot of revelers last night. Yeah, I know. One of them didn't come home. Her name's Patsy Boyle. She came with a group of locals after the game to party with some of your guests. When they all left around three, nobody noticed that she wasn't in the van. All pretty drunk, I guess. Oh, someone's missing, and I'm the first one you think about. Well, there have been other accusations lately, Norman. From that, that reporter, I'll bet. What has she known? Nothing. Nothing. Well, now, that's what we're going to find out. Now, it's too hot to argue. This uh, rain's just made everything more muggy. Nothing back there. Oh, uh, of course there is. Now, please, get out of my house. I don't want you in here. Sorry, Norman, but we have the warrant. And it's in everybody's best interest that we follow this case up. Whose interest? Please, get out. There's nothing here. I haven't done anything. Then there's nothing to worry about, Norman. Norman, come back here. Norman. Norman, talk on you. There's just a couple. It doesn't kill it. It doesn't ruin it for me. But there's just a couple of scenes where, and a couple looks, you know. And two what the fuck moments for me is when he's um he's doing the bird taxidermy thing, and then uh, he looks down and it's a hand, and then his reaction to the hand too. It's like oh my god. It's almost like you know cartoonish, but yeah. Here's a what the f moment, right? I'm so glad you said that. God. God damn it. That was so poorly edited. Okay. So he's doing he's stuffing the bird with sawdust. Oh no, he's saw he's uh, sewing it up obviously at this point. So he's sewing it up. He he they show his face. He looks down. Now he's sewing up a corpse. He has a surprised face. So then they go back to the visual of reality with the bird mm -hmm. and he's just calmly sewing it again. Now, why wouldn't you have him pull away and have his hands trembling? Like, why is he just, he, he, he reacted with a crazy face, like, <gasps> and he's just sewing? Like, nothing, like, no big deal? Right. Oh, okay. Let's keep sewing, though, even though I'm surprised that I'm, I thought I saw an, uh, an arm. A tag. Mm. <laughs> it, it just, it just made no sense. Like, what the hell? I'm really, yeah, what the F? Yeah. Good, good catch. That's exactly right. Well, and then, um, I mean, I guess another one, too, was, I mean, guys, the, the fucking scene with the cop and the ice machine. So stupid. I mean, okay, really. He would have tasted that right away. It's not <laughs> like you can mistake blood for anything else. And right. he, you know, 
that just every time I'm like, what? How do you not notice that? Yeah. That was a great scene, dude. Those weird, like, those, the way Norman kept looking up and, like, that weird smile he kept cracking. Like, and he kept, you know, he kept twitching <laughs> yeah, the smile. Yeah. Like, that was great shit, dude. And good. the tension, like, is, is he gonna look and you're looking at, and you're, you're supposed to be Norman at that point. And it's great shit, dude. It's like, holy shit, oh my god. And, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a little, you know, maybe I'm just too in love with this, but you're right. I mean, it's a little weird, but I thought it was great tension, dude. I just, I just looked I at it like a, it was stupid. I think it's a really great idea. It it ha- it goes for the, you know, a little bit of a gross out, and you're just like, ooh, you know, the whole time you're watching it. It's just not believable that he wouldn't notice. Exactly. However, however I really like the scene. I just, I yeah. just can't buy it, you know. Do you know that they... Nor uh Norman. Anthony Perkins was on you could look it up on YouTube. Letterman? Yeah, Letterman. Mm-hmm. Promoting Psycho Three. And that's the scene they played. Like the whole audience as you know it's happening, you could hear the audience like cracking up because you know they were playing it live to right. everybody. Like that's the scene they played. Like that's <laughs> that that it, it plays it plays for, you know, reaction, audience reaction. Right. Clearly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it, it I thought it was great. Like so I don't know if this is what the F moment, but I thought it was pretty funny. Like when they first show the Bates Motel after the whole Duke thing where she he throws her out of the car, like you see a tumbleweed uh-huh. blowing across <laughs> yeah. the, the screen and when they show the Bates Motel and it's all dry and windy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like right before they get to the birds he's killing. Right. Yep. You know, and uh yeah, so yeah, that's pretty cool though. I mean they you know, they reintroduce, you know, the whole thing. Norman has his new fancy new haircut, it's all spiky hair. I was really glad that the whole the diner cast came back. Yeah. I was glad the sheriff came back because yeah. it really makes it genuine. It now. does. It does. Do you feel like did, did the amount of sex in this movie make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> thinking about him being behind the camera at all? Yeah, at this point, that's oh no, no, duh. You see, uh, you see, freaking Mary Loomis naked. So I don't think there's anything that different. But like I said, there's a sleazy undertone here, and that music. It's just different. No, I yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. There definitely is a. He almost falls into that the sequel trap, where you just go a little bit sleazier, and that's your sequel. And uh, except this one, I still think is elevated, just because uh, there's so many things that he does right. Right. Okay. Well, let let's even compare this sleaziness here. Obviously, you know. It, Podcasts in general fall into the classic trap of always referencing the the big dogs franchise-wise when you're trying to talk about anything. You know, mm-hmm. you always go to Halloween, Friday 13. I don't know why. It's just something that happens. But I want to do it, though, with this and go to Friday 13th Part 5. Clearly, that movie went raunch, you know? Mm-hmm. The language, the tone. Mm-hmm. The character, so raunchy. It was just a filth fest. How would you compare that to that? You know, Psycho 3 to Halloween, uh, Friday 13, Part 5. Like, they didn't go that bad. No. You know? No, no. No, they didn't. And I don't think that it was that. I wouldn't necessarily classify this as raunchy. Just that there is... I, li- I, I like the words you used when you said... <laughs> when you said... When you said... <laughs> Can you get these damn cats out of the studio? 
Sorry. No kitty, my papa. Cat running around. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. All right. Um, when yes, said sleazy undercurrent. Under, yeah. Under, yeah. Um, that, I think that describes it perfectly because I really wouldn't look at it and say, oh my God, this movie is filth. You know, no, I wouldn't right. do well, that. Compared to the first one and stuff like that, I mean, really, it's uh, you just look at the times that they were made. You know, Psycho was revolutionary. By the third one, it's made in the 80s, dude. I mean, think about everything around it. You know, that's how I base a lot of movies, too. Like, what else is, uh, you know, out around around that time? So think about that, man. It's very classy in terms of movie, uh, horror movies compared to a lot of the filth that was made in, in, in this year, in this era, you know? Dude. 86. We did this before with Jamie yeah. when we went to Texas Chainsaw 2. 86 was the year of the comedy horror. Right. It's when you took all of your serious franchises and made a joke out of it. Right. They didn't do it. They didn't fall into that trap. Nope. How great is that? Yep. Yep. I mean, this is this is just like all the rest. And that's what we talked about when we did the tone change segment. Mm-hmm. In in December, how Psycho didn't change tone. It changed tone, but not like, you know, it didn't become like a comedy. Well, and it's definitely form formulaic, like you said, at, for a sequel. You know, this one's got the biggest body count out of all of them, you know? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I fact-checked it. This one has the biggest body count. <laughs> no. Okay. But, uh, um, by one, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, too. But, um, it's not like they threw in bodies there. Every, every, every kill felt pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there was that, uh, oh, and that's another thing. There was that kill in the, uh, phone booth. And I wanted to ask you guys, it's kind of a debatable what-the-fuck moment. What did you guys think about the whole putting the shirt over and the, uh, what is it called? The turtleneck. Oh. That was great because it was a sense of vulnerability. You ever put your shirt on? That moment when your shirt's going over your face, dude. Anybody could, you know, you know, it's very vulnerable, and that's like, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, you have to do that because when you take a shower, exactly. you're at your most vulnerable point. And also, what I like is that they also switched it up. And although this is sleazy, the chick on the toilet bowl. Oh yeah. That's one of your only other vulnerable points. You're taking a crap, you're pissing or whatever. You're pretty vulnerable, you know? I mean... Well, and not only that, Alex. Think about they couldn't even... Um, Psycho was, what, the first movie to show a fucking toilet in the first one? And then the third one, they're showing a girl taking a piss. Pissing in a toilet. That's yeah, pretty... That's, that's awesome. That's That mirrors the first... There's so many things. And <laughs> let's get back to the phone booth. The phone booth is the shower kill. Right, exactly, right. And look at how great the directing is. He punches through that phone booth window with the knife in his hand and the fucking Bates Motel signs behind it. Brilliant directing. Brilliant. Yep. I was hoping you – okay, I, I was hoping that somebody else would get that too because that's the oh, first thing please. I thought of. Yep. Dude, awesome. Jamie, is that another example of great directing? Yeah, that's great. The toilet <laughs> – <laughs> Oh, gee. I'm glad you're enthused. Yeah, because I've, I've been trying to talk. And oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, girl. Uh, the I was just going to say, like the toilet scene kind of knocked it down a peg for me because that's been done a lot. And, really? Yeah. By eighty six. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Oh yeah. Guy, in the very beginning, Stoner. the guy was the guy was uh, on the toilet, and then um, well, actually, a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth have used that. Yeah, demon. Well, even in Friday the Thirteenth One, you know, Marcy went to the bathroom. Um, 
she didn't actually get killed on the toilet, but she was, you know, we watched her sit down and pee. And I was like, I don't get, I've never really, I mean, I get that you're vulnerable at that point, but. Especially if you haven't wiped your ass yet. You're not even prepared to die. That's what bothers me about these movies is no one ever does. <laughs> just like stand up and pull up their pants. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, even if you thought something scary was out there, wouldn't you at least I mean, it's habit, I hope. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, it's instinct. It's instinct to get the shit out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's kind of a necessity. Yeah, like, listen, I'll search for the guy who might potentially end my existence, but let me just wipe my ass first. <laughs> it's sort of important to me. Oh, and then what the, the thing I always think of during that is sleepaway camp with the, yep. the, bee, oh. the, the bee kill. You know? Okay, you're right. You're right. I guess it has been done a lot. And uh, I always just like, oh, that just because he's wearing those little short, those little tidy shorts, and he just pulls up the shorts, and I'm just like, ah, there's something really just gross about that. I'm glad you said that too, because she's got a little skirt on. I mean, yo, wouldn't you just pull it up? Or I guess take she just took that sucker right off. You know what I mean? Pulled it all the way down. I don't know. I don't yeah, know how that works. Yeah, it, well, see, I ain't complaining. I just you know. Either actually, either way, hiking it up or pulling it down. She's hot though, man. That chick is the hottest <laughs> chick in this movie. Yeah, honestly. what are we talking about? Yeah, let's face it. I mean, so but here, here's what I like. The movie's so sleazy, and Duke is the ultimate sleaze. I mean, listen to that. He throws this ch- this nun out of his car. He says, "You should have been. You can become San Antonio, stupid bitch." And then on top of it, he rips her off when she gets all the way to the Bates Motel and looks for a room. She's like, I'm so tired. And he's like, well, come in here, sweetheart. Ain't nothing going to happen to you but boredom. She goes, how much is a room? $25.95. Meanwhile, that's a double. <laughs> and, and he's ripping her off after what he did to her. This guy has nothing inside of him. <laughs> like, then he says, I picked, you up, I picked you up at a bar after one lousy drink. What, do you want to get married? You to get married? <laughs> See, so... I love this guy. I, he's hilarious. Yeah. Duke is great, man. And then, what about when he says to Tracy Venable? He's like, you want to work some of this off in trade? I know. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> when he's sitting at the in the bar with Tracy Venable, and, you know, she, I guess she told him the story of Norman, and I don't know what happened before that, but all of a sudden they just zoom away from his eye into his face, and he goes, Wow. I thought Bates was a something, but a full-fledged loony. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that is great direction, once again. Um, and I, I think to, to note is that the the mother, the voice of mother is the same. In all three psychos, the same lady performed the voice in part one, two, and three. I love that, and you can tell. Yeah. And I love it. And, and what do you think about this now? Let's get into some of the movie here again. What do you think of the fact that they show Norman while Mother is talking this time. Oh, dude. Is that to imply that he is no longer speaking outwardly in her voice, but rather it's just a voice in his head? Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you even get the whole thought process. She's like, get rid of her. Yep. Or maybe I will. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, is is he aware that... She'll go over his head on any decisions. Like, you know, like, it's just. 
I was thinking more too. Um, when he kill, you know how he, uh, you know, when he was killing Duke after he had popped up in the trunk, and you know they were struggling and stuff like that. It yeah, would, the back seat. It would, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time technically that Norman's killed anybody, but you could see the fear in his fucking eyes. You know, he's screaming, and that's why I think. I mean, what do you guys think? Because I was debating this in my own head whether it was legit or not. Why he hit the gas pedal. I thought he was just desperate, trying to survive, and he just wanted to hurry up and just... He seemed more horrified in himself, you know, when he was choking him out. That's why he's... Well, I don't know. What, what, dude, what about the part where he um, he smashes Duke in the head a hundred times with his own guitar, <laughs> and basically he's done, and then he just, right away, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Duke. Yeah, yeah. You know? Watch dude. the guitar. What? Yeah, watch the guitar. Can I ask you guys a question? What would you rather have? Because for me, I would rather get hit with a fucking guitar than have an ashtray thrown at me. <laughs> that would, that seems like it would hurt so much more, dude. Having a fucking ashtray chucked at your head. I think J- Jamie would rather have an ashtray. <laughs> Just, I don't know. No, I would rather get hit with the guitar. That's what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay good. I thought I was crazy. I This is what I debate in my head when I'm watching movies. Dude, your mind works in mysterious ways. I love it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the thing I hate about, like, all those scenes, and this happened in the movie It, too, when uh, the chick throws something at, like, the guy who's, like, abusing her. Mm-hmm. Every time these guys are about to get hit in the head with something, they cannot help but flinch before it hits their face. Oh, like you, like you could, like you could just sit there. <laughs> You're not supposed to know it's coming at. Like it's honestly, <laughs> Norman threw it. It's pretty dark, and that's another great use of lighting too. It was like reddish, I believe, in the, at that scene. Right. But it's pretty dark in that room. He he shouldn't have known that that thing was actually going to hit his face. Like right. But know. in real life, as an actor, how can you do that unless you're not? You can't. Exactly. That's a... Knowing that they're okay, we're going to throw this at you very lightly. You just, you still flinch. That's like that scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they throw the beach ball at D. She's <laughs> stop flinching. I can't help it. I know you're going to fucking throw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. So uh, hey, we didn't talk about a big scene. How about the transition from mother to Norman? She goes in to kill Maureen, and this bitch got her wrist slit, pouring out into a bathtub. Crazy. Um, You know, and then all of a sudden, like, if look, if it was mother, still, she would have just kind of dunked her head into the the bathtub and just held her down. That kind of killed her, right? I mean, uh, but Norman came through. Why? How, you know, like at what moment does this happen? You know, it's weird because your objective is to kill. And then right. I think it I think it happened when he saw her because he had the, the knife lifted. Right. So he saw her and changed his mind, you know, because he realized he felt sympathy because he could relate, obviously, you know, uh, I think that. OK, say, for instance, you're going to kill Dan in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I tried that already. You did? Oh, well, But shit. he was uh, jerking off in the bathroom when I walked in. I just got distracted. Yeah, Where am that, I not? That would pull you out. Yeah, um, it pulled me out of my mode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but imagine you're going to kill someone in the bath, in the bathtub, you know, and you raise the knife, you open the curtain, and there's blood there already. That's jarring. You're not expecting that. It throws you off your game. I'd be like, yo, Alex, point, grab me the shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> You should use Johnson's. It's no more tears. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't use that shit. That's going to burn my eyes, son. <laughs> yeah. It threw her off her game, and that was the perfect opportunity for his character to come back in. Yeah. It was sort of a weakness, a chink in the chain. 
It was great. And Jamie, I liked how you said that you liked Norman a lot in part. Well, I don't, I don't know if you said like. Oh, what you said was that he was very different in part one because he was very nervous yes. and jittery and stuff. And then yes. in part two, he was obviously you know completely different. Right. Now you're back to that again. Another mirror of part one. He's nervous as shit. You know why? <laughs> because he killed Mrs. Spool. Because Tracy Venable's looking for Miss Spool. Because he was in there and was gonna kill Maureen. And when he gets into that and which is another fucking great scene. When he's sitting at the bedside of Maureen, the music, the things he says mm. It's great because his nervousness really kicks in there because if you notice, he wasn't nervous when he was stuffing the birds and stuff like that or hiring Duke. He rambled on, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't nervous per se. Right. So he was nervous because he's probably wondering, is this chicken to recognize me Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting here? Like, what does she really remember? He's probably nervous as shit at that point. You're the one who failed me, Mr. Bates. Norman. My name's Maureen. I just wanted to thank you for what you did. Well, I can't have that sort of thing going on in my motel. Gives the place a bad name. Uh, Please, don't take that the wrong way, Marion. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Maureen. I'm sorry. I guess I did leave the bathroom a mess. I've seen it worse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be such a bother. You're no bother. No bother at all. Anyway, people should look out for each other, don't you think? I mean, we sometimes get lost. But if there would only been someone looking out for us to help us understand, maybe we wouldn't do some of the sad, awful things we do. You're very kind. He was probably nervous as hell about that, you know? And now he's nervous through the entire movie. He's stuttering. He's stammering again. People are seeing his fucking mom in the window. Again, like there's a lot of shit to be nervous about. And then you even got to ask yourself, why would you even put her in the window? <laughs> you fucking what retard. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, dude, there's you have people missing left and right. Kids getting killed. This one goes, like, you know, there's so much shit going on. And you have your mom who's <laughs> supposedly dead and everyone knows that. You put her in the window or you nuts? But this is not a conscious decision made by him. It's made by her. She wants to be in the window. You know, she she wants to look out the window. He can't control her. He does what she tells him to do like every good boy should. Yeah, she's domineering <laughs> and he goes for it and stop. No, yeah, so um, it's not like he's like, hmm, I'm going to put my mother's corpse in the window. Is that a good idea? Sure, that's a great idea. Well, she's like, no, man, put me by the window so I can see what's happening, you know. Uh, 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 and apparently okay, she's black now. <laughs> what, was that a black voice? <laughs> it sounded like an Omayan. Hey, Norman, put me by the window, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that he would at least have a debate with Mother about that, though, being like, listen, Mother, because he talks to, you know, he, he debates on other shit. So I, it, being how Norman has to always clean up her mess, you would think that he would at least come from that angle, being like, come on, Mother, don't be that stupid. Well, dude, even when he's like, Mother, will you leave me alone? Leave me alone! Yeah. Like, even that scene, that's great. Here's Here's another thing why I'm mental. When he does that, mother starts whispering in bed. And you know how he like kind of creeps over and, and he, he wants to see what she's saying? Because yeah. there's a respect and he wants to know. There's an interest and it's very important what she says. I 
myself, I start always inching and leaning towards the TV and squinting my eyes and like kind of looking at the floor and trying to hear what she's saying. Like, isn't that, it, it's like, it's very important to me. Oh, dude, and you can't hear. I had it on headphones full blast and I turned it up at that part. And same thing. You can't hear anything. No? Nope. Nothing. Yeah, I can't recall it's what she said. It's so low and, and convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and Jamie, you talked about like a lot of great stuff, um, directing wise. Let's not forget the, the greatest stuff. You got the scene where it's like you're looking under the door and then all of a sudden it pulls away and it's a knife blade. Yeah. You got the scene where it's like the front door, of the Bates mansion, and it just pans straight up into mother's window. That was great. What was it? Uh, oh, the, the 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 amazing scene right after the great scene where he's at her bedside. He closes the door and he's in his be- his mom's bedroom already. Mm-hmm. Like that's great shit. That doesn't happen all the time. There's one shot too where he's coming out of the house and there's a blue sky behind the house. Oh, oh yeah, my. he's walking down the stairs. That's when he's looking for mother. That's what, oh, that's the one you were talking about. Oh no, that's what you were talking about earlier with the good music. Dude, so perfect. I love it. Yep. Yeah, there are really some beautiful shots with the house that uh, yep. I've noticed. And this, if you pay attention to the sky behind it, uh, it changes. You know, I mean, it's not just like a matte painting, you know, with, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's. Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's, I like. I liked all the guests too, you know, um, the the whole, what was it, a football game or something? Yeah, they're cool. I like those guys. Well, but I like how you said that though, Alex, earlier. Like, it was just another day at the motel. Like, that's, that's what would happen, you know? He referenced it, references it earlier, like any hotel keeper would, you know? And like you said earlier too, it's like, you know, would you want to go live it in Haddonfield or whatever? Like, hmm. not if I didn't know that dude was a psycho, I'd want to go to his hotel, dude. You know, the dude lets <laughs> you party. He's like, whatever, you know, and some hotels don't let you do that, dude. I've been to mad hotels where, you know, they fucking have you piped down and then there's just some like that are off the beaten path, like the Bates Hotel. And yeah. you, you can get a party time. You can get away with murder. Oh, dude, they're doing that. donuts in the freaking That's parking lot and he didn't even give a shit. He, well, obviously he had a dead corpse in his hands. He's trying to get away with she offered, but she offered him to go party with him you know it's like, oh dude what, what about that the 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 redhead chick who you know yeah the whole thing with her in the beginning when she's gonna hook up with duke she's trying to open up the ice chest and she falls over and norm's like are you okay she's like yeah and then he just like walks over to the ice chest without even helping her up and she's like yeah i'm fine and she gets up <laughs> what a gentleman yeah, he's such a gentleman. And then, oh, you know what I was thinking? I bet you mother pretty much taught him that these trashy girls don't go, don't touch them. Don't you know? They're kind of skeezy. So he probably that might be why he didn't pick her up. But mother said about said that about everybody, especially the yeah. trick at the end. She didn't do anything. You know, she yeah, right. presented as a whore, but she right. So. Yeah, any girl don't touch them. Girls are evil, don't you know? <laughs> I love it though. We do dirty, <laughs> dirty things and <laughs> and cause men to make bad decisions. Amen. <laughs> yeah, thank God. So, uh, the the great line Dan's talking about. She's like, you know, I'm getting to know Duke, and she's like, you want to join us? And he's like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. Think about the logistics of this. I imagine, like, can you imagine Norman walk, like, or the redhead walking in cabin twelve. And Duke's expecting to bang this chick, and then Norman's behind her, half dressed, like, "Okay, let let's go, Duke. We're having a threesome." You know, like, what would what would uh, Duke say about this? 
He'd be like, you know, Norm, I appreciate the work, but uh, you got to get the fuck out of my room. I'm a fan, Norman, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of creeping me out here, Bob. <laughs> Jamie, okay, is Norman Bates cute? Okay, let's just go from part one. Part one, is he hot? Hot? Would you bang him? Oh. Looks-wise only. Looks-wise only, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Part two and three. Would you, is it still hot? Two, probably. Three, not. Probably not. What, the aging or the haircut? It's the hair. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> the spiky I don't like hair. the haircut. <laughs> I kind of like the spiky hair. I think it's a... I don't think it suits him. You know, but, really? but yeah, but young young Anthony Perkins, QT pie. Very cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice-looking guy. And it's weird because it's like most killers aren't nice-looking. And as everyone knows, you know, uh, the original novel of Psycho was written that the character of Norman Bates was a 40-year-old overweight guy. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, the whole thing. Could also be hot. If he looks like Warren Toomey. I was just about to say Dennis Franz. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> See that? We're in the same That's why we're all here. Uh, so anyway, I guess if if we're gonna wrap it up, because it's we're, we're on for an hour, unless you guys have any points. Otherwise, I'm gonna get to when Tracy Venable you should always wrap it up. Play safe, kids. <laughs> well then, if it's if that's the case, the show would never end for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, I, I could do it once in a while, Dan. Hickory dickory duck. I remember one thing. There's a uh, Woody Woodpecker uh, reference to number two with the shovel over the head. Did you guys pick up on that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought I was uh, saying something. No. Oh, right. Wow. Dude, you're good. I'm fucking awesome, dude. Woody Woodpecker bangs like a crow, I guess, over the head into a hole, right? Yep. Yep. I always pay attention to what they're watching on TV in a movie because they're watching it for a reason. Right. Yep. I thought that was kind of cool. But, yeah, I mean, overall, this movie's great, man. Um, I think it's probably, you know, as far as uh, I got to say, the first one's the best uh, just because. But uh, this one's definitely a close second. And as far as giving it credit for being a a good sequel, it's just a good movie, dude, period. You know what I mean? And, I mean, obviously, it's a sequel part of a series, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, this is a fucking great, great movie. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I mean, I'm I'm glad. <laughs> no, you you are definitely justified in your uh, in your reasons for liking this man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I gotta say too, man, because um, I I told Alex this earlier. I think the fourth one was the first one I ever saw, and it kind of you know going back checking all these out again. It's like especially because I knew Alex like number three the most. I was like, all right, you know, let me check this shit out. And I saw it, and I I was like, wow, you know, it really is putting it into perspective. It's uh, it's definitely one of the best in the series. Other than you know, can we just exclude number one? Can we all agree? Yeah, because it's not fair. It's, yeah. So it's definitely the best one. So yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. I'm really glad that that you like see that because it it's weird. Most people don't. It's really strange, you know. Two is always like uh the golden child of the whole thing and then you got three fell apart and four mm-hmm. you know so i don't i'm beyond listening to what people think but everybody really care about what we think okay well and there's <laughs> there's such a conscious i was just about to say but but, but wait a minute 
Where does that leave us? That's what we do. <laughs> I'm an idiot. What can I tell you? Uh, yeah, well, okay, so... Do I have anything to say before we get to the end? Oh, of course I do. My favorite scene ever. It is actually my Facebook... Uh, what's that thing called on the top? What do they call it? Avatar. Cover? Oh. Cover photo. Cover photo, yeah. <clears throat> Norman sitting in the window. Mm. That little scene, that encapsulates everything about me. <laughs> Fucking psycho. Is this a cry for help, sweetheart? Uh, yes. <laughs> that That is me, 100%. Like, it's just that, it's that space where you lose yourself and you find yourself. It's where you, there's just something off-kilter about you. There's something that is in your mind and, and you're just, um, I don't know. It's almost tormenting in, in a way, you know? The, there's a sense of torment in his face and... Right. Just and, and just doing that and the, and the night air behind him and it's like and I, there's just something very different about Norman I think there's something different that d- he doesn't fit in and I think that space between him and everyone else is where I am and where me and him kind of meet and I think that's why he's my favorite there's just something incredibly relatable and I don't think that anybody could get that from any of these other big franchise people and I'm not saying that this is the best and you're all you know I'm just saying for me Mm. I don't see I don't think there's a there's a depth in a lot of other horror villains no you know Mm -hmm. I mean what, what are you going to say? Yeah, I relate to Jason because kids picked on me at summer camp and whatever. And my mom did something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't see that. I don't... Yeah. I don't get how that could be plausible, but whatever. That's good if you... Or, or Michael Myers. Like, what are you mental... You're a mental case who killed people when you were a kid? Like, I don't get how you can relate to that. I don't get how I can relate to Freddy. I'm not a child molester. I can't relate to anybody else. Yeah. The Wolfman is cursed. That I relate to him, and I feel like Norman's the same way. He's oh, like the Wolfman. You're breaking my heart. Scoot closer and lay your head on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, and then I could t- I could talk about the toasted cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have them. They 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 just took it away. What's up with him and peanut butter too, man? He was throwing that shit on those crackers <laughs> and down. Oh, and dude, that, dude, you are the best, Dan. You could not eat that like that, man. Do you know that because of that, I always get Peter Pan peanut butter? Oh, yeah? Do you think that because of that that's... scene, uh, I saw it when, when I first saw that movie, um, which was right around right around that time, I guess. Um, for years after that, I could not eat peanut butter and Ritz crackers. Really? Because of that? Because he used the same spoon to shovel sawdust as he did to eat. Yes. And so I could not. I could eat. Peanut butter on saltines. I could eat okay. cheese on a Ritz cracker, but I could not eat peanut butter on a Ritz cracker. Wow. No shit, I mean, huh? No. I don't know. Just things kind of... T- okay, there's a scene in The Howling, and I don't think I've ever revealed this publicly before. Uh-oh. But there's a scene in The Howling where Terry chops off the werewolf's fingers with a hatchet. hmm And then you see the... Not fingers, the hand. But you see the hand as it transforms from a werewolf hand back into a human hand. Right, right. They look kind of like little Link sausages. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I was watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. I was probably, and we were watching it on Laserdisc. That's how, like, it was forever ago. But, um, so we're, I was watching that, and it was at breakfast time, and we're so, I was eating <laughs> little Link sausages. I have not been able to eat those since. <laughs> and that wow. was, like, 30 years ago. Will you eat my sausage? <laughs> Well, yeah. I just, I'm stunned about how you said you saw this one. I don't know. Has your casing been removed? Because that's the part that grosses me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm just, I'm shocked that you saw the movie back then when it came out. What are you talking about? That's who, you know that about me. I mean, if my- Yeah, she was into that stuff like right off the bat. Like she was there for Texas Chainsaw 2, dude. Dude, I was just, yeah. I know. It's just crazy. It blows my mind because 86, <laughs> dude, that's, I was a year old. It just blows my Shut mind. Up. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Jamie was like 27. What? Oh my god. Just kidding. But I am not that much. <laughs> You're just a couple years older than I'm not us. even a cougar. Alex, Alex, girls in age, dude. Get away, get away, stop. stop yeah. <laughs> There's no way out of this. She's a cougar. I'm <laughs> I am not old enough to be a cougar yet, so there. <laughs> I just think it's crazy. I hear if 86. If I was, I totally would be. But, um, the, <laughs> the, um, well, no, I mean, that if my parents went to the movies, I went to the movies, you know? I mean, it was like... Yeah. I won't go there. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Jamie and liking Norman's looks, how about, here's one thing I thought was funny before we get to the end. Um... When he's on the date with Maureen, you're like, you know, it's like, yeah, Norman, get her, man. You're awesome. Our boy's on a date. And the whole time he's on the date, he's like, I've never drunk this much before. Me neither. My mother never allowed liquor in the house. What shall we toast to this time? Happiness. Would you like to dance? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, it's very easy. My mother taught me. Come on. My my mother taught me how to dance. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. come on, dude. You're going to talk about your mom the whole yeah, time? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? That's you know all what? he knows. I mean, right. you know. <laughs> Guys, let, let's not gloss over something before the ending. How about the crazy scene where the chick who was in the ice chest, he pulls her out, puts her in the trunk of his car, and makes out with her, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That was, I know you might be thinking, oh, that was for shock effect, but. No, I don't think it was really that shocking, you know. Oh, come on. Who does that? I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying people do it every day. I'm who just saying that? it wasn't like, like I wasn't sitting there like with my jaw hitting the floor going, oh. <laughs> You're such a jerk, Jamie. I swear <laughs> to God. You really are. What? The little fucking moment that you loved. <sighs> That's a great moment to get into and you just killed it. I wasn't sitting there with my jaw on the floor. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I don't think it was shocking. I didn't say. I didn't say it was bad. Well, not shocking, but just like that's interesting. Hey, Alex, my eyes were bulging out of my skull. <laughs> yeah, I know, Jamie ruined the whole thing. Like I didn't expect it to be like, holy shit! Come here, guys, you got to see this. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna rewind it. Hold on, come here. <laughs> Guys, guys, come see this. Come see. You were so obnoxious, Jamie. I swear to God. All right, let's move on from that great part. And, uh, yeah, so. So the one, you know, the one great, I guess it was, it was a good combination of writing and directing. 
the scene where that you were talking about, Dan, Norman hits the gas pedal because, you know, Duke, and like in the Psycho Legacy says, that was one of the only jump scares. One of the coolest things in Psycho 3 is that the only big scare in the movie is when Jeff Fahey jumps up behind Norman Bates in the car. And not often in a horror movie do you see the big scare be one of the good guys jumping up and scaring the bad guy. And that kind of just goes to show why Norman Bates was so interesting because even at that point, at, at the end of the movie, he's done all these horrific things, you're still kind of rooting for him. You don't want anything bad to happen to Norman because you feel so badly for him. Again, why Norman is sympathetic is because he himself, his natural impulse is to be good, is to be a decent person, and he's trying to be a decent person. Anybody looks pretty good next to Dwayne, it's because he's such a, a sleazebag. Part of that whole scene was doing a twist on what we remember, is Norman taking the bodies to the lake and dumping them in the lake. The victim becomes the killer, and it sends Norman in the car down into the lake. I mean, it's like Norman has descended into the hell of his own making and just meeting your victims and, and being immersed in your own hell, which is what I loved about that scene. You know, the subtext, the layers of this movie are so beyond. And that's why I hate when people hate this movie. And they hate it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much going on. Come on. The body floats up right in front of his face, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's just great stuff. It is. Well, I, I want to say something real quick, too. This is um, this movie has, I think, the scariest image out of all the psychos, would you say? With that fucking Norman smile and his mother? I mean, let's oh, not... The end? Let's, dude, that fucked me up for a while. For a oh, while. Oh, do you mean... Okay, wait, we'll get there. I know... Uh, I think you mean when he says, Will you please leave my son, my poor Norman, alone? Smile ear to ear and, and, and mother's, you know? Well, before we get there, let's get to one more kill. The kill where that, again, pays homage to Psycho 1 when Arbogast. Arbogast falls down the staircase. Now you got Maureen falling down. Now, how about that? I think that is a little forced. I agree. Um, I mean, I can have respect for it, but I feel like it was a little heavy-handed. But... I did when I was watching it the other night. I tweeted, and I said, "Oh, Norman, you think you would have gotten rid of that Cupid statue by now? <laughs> <laughs> when will you ever learn?" Yeah. You know what else just popped up in my mind? Didn't his suitcase pay homage to that? Didn't his suitcase fall down the stairs in Psycho Two? Remember when he heard Mother's voice from the bedroom? Didn't he step back and the suitcase roll down those stairs? I think it might have. I think so. Yeah, you know what I so. do love about that though is that when she pulls away, the little, uh, the the tip of the arrow, the heart is red with blood, and the one drop, and the one down. little drop. You know, uh, it's, yeah. it is so cheesy, but it's so <laughs> cute. I just oh, that's per, that's great. To what me. what I took from that was just uh, Norman, you poor son of a bitch. Like this guy just can't fucking win. You know, he can't Even, catch a break. You know? <laughs> It's just, I shook my head and kind of laughed, like, ah, oh, you poor SOB. Now, let's get a little in-depth. Was that mother killing her, or was that really an accident? Accident. Accident. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. big time. Yep. Yeah. She distracted him, you know? He didn't want to. He just, you know, well, technically it was. But that's how mother did that's it. That's how I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? True. All right. So we get to 
Tracy Venable, the girl, the the reporter. I don't know actually what she is, but isn't that weird? I don't even know. It's like my favorite movie. <laughs> I think she's a reporter, yeah. right? Yeah. She's not a cop or an investigator, so. Um, she's, uh, you know, she gets, she goes into the Bates house, mansion, whatever you want to call it, and she's looking around, she sees Maureen down, she says, you stupid, silly girl, or whatever. Meanwhile, you're in that house, well, it doesn't make you a genius to be roaming around alone. Yeah, right. In that house, honestly, sweetie, so. Yeah. Don't go throwing, you know, you live in a glass house. Yeah, come on, sugar tits. Hey, what are you doing there? So, that scene Dan just talked about. Norman just appears in mother's full garb and says, Would you please leave my son, my poor Norman, alone? <laughs> I love that because it's, it's so poorly cut. Like, that's the worst editing of a voice <laughs> ever. And, like, he had to match it with his mouth, I guess. Yep. Yep. It's really awkward. But it is scary, though, man. Why can't you leave my poor son, my Norman, alone? It's almost like the fucking sleepaway camp thing, too. It's just like, ah, smiling, and it's just weird. And then the voice thing, even though it's cut badly, it almost adds to it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, what's like, going who on? Yeah, who speaks like that? Leave my son, my pawn, all alone. <laughs> exactly. It was just really weird. It was the smile that got me. And I think, too, is this is like the first time that, well, I guess in the first one a little bit, but you really follow Norman around in – in that, uh, you know, when he's chasing her up the stairs, even. Well, how about what do you, if you want to compare? You know, a lot of people think the smile from part one is a little goofy <laughs> when he walks into that fruit cellar. He looks a little, you know, they right. laugh sort of these days. What do you think of that one compared to this one? I think this one's better, dude. I think it's just better. It's more creepy. It's just something about it, you know. It's more right up in your face, and it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot. It's it's palpable. I agree. I think the well. I prefer the one in the first one, but I do think the one in, in that this one is much creepier. Okay, yeah. It's just it it's almost um Okay, do you know at the end of The Grinch where he smiles and like <laughs> everything just like curls up? Yeah. You know what I'm His about? heart grew tender. Grew, yeah, yeah. Something. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mhm. That's exact Yeah, that wow, that is good, Jamie. Wow. You're a mean one, Norman Bates. And that's why we hired you. <laughs> You'll be getting a check as soon as we get one. All right. So, you know, that happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tracy's heading up the stairs. And here's that scene. She basically explains everything, all the lies, and puts everything back to normal that Mrs. Spool said. She kind of clears it up and hears that right now. What set you off again, Norman? Mrs. Spool? You killed her, didn't you? What did she do? Come to you, tell you that she was your mother? She she was crazy, Norman, but she wasn't your mother. Neither are you! Mrs. Spool was your aunt, Norman. She was in love with your father, but your mother stole him away from her! Mrs. Spool killed your father in a jealous rage and kidnapped you when you were just a baby! It's lies. It's all lies. Norman, 
she's lying for. Norman, where are you? She's a slut. Norman! Don't let her talk about me like that. Norman! Please, Norman, please listen to me. Norman, Mrs. Bates, whoever you are, damn it, doesn't it make any difference unless you've been afraid of yours? Get her, boy. Get her. Just like the others. So, are you really happy about this? Because I'm, like, thrilled. Mrs. Bates is really Mrs. Bates, and Mrs. Spool is her insane sister. She's not Norman's real mother. Right. So, that's a relief. It puts the whole, what do you say, Jamie, canon? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm learning. Yay. You can learn on the Skeleton Crew show. Yay. I peed in your pool. You can actually learn something. I can invite two of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Now you can have your friends start listening again. Because you're afraid that you're going to hear a bunch of morons with you on a new show you're on. So, oh, they don't know about the show. Oh, that's good. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm doing a show with that guy who rants all the time and the stoner. <laughs> that's, that's, hey, that's key to success. That's Herb a bit. Herbs. <laughs> you have to have certain elements, Jamie. It's different dynamics. It's the it's our dynamic. You have an asshole who rants about shit and a stoner who we're lucky if he remembers his name in the morning. <laughs> he's, he's a fucking adorable. Somebody hear my phone ring. <laughs> I, Dan, I wish I could hang out with you. <laughs> I wish I could say the same. I know. I'm not really relatable, am I? <laughs> but you are hanging out. I'm looking right at it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bait side. Oh yeah. Yeah, but once we're done with the show, we kind of go our separate ways. That's the problem. Dan, you know what? People will hang out with you, and I'll just sit in that window like Norman. <laughs> You'll just, you won't care about the cops, though? Or would you remove yourself a little bit from the window so they wouldn't see you? Uh, I think he was in the window of the parlor, so I'm, I think I'm good. Okay. All right. We're good. I'll hang out there. Uh, yeah, so that's what happens. And Norman, again. Uh. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the parlor thing because that brings us to. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> hey, listen. Without that whole, uh, you know, <laughs> juvenile humor, I think we're gonna lose a lot of people. We're fucking four years old. <laughs> so we got to keep that going, Jamie. So go ahead. Proceed. No, I'm kidding. I'm de- who's more juvenile than I am? Apparently, everything that comes out of my mouth is a blowjob joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, and see, not that though, because that would never come out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, it comes in your mouth. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, we're good here. Which reminds me, do not let me forget to tell you a story when we get done. But okay. um, yeah, definitely when we're off the air. I'm glad you brought up the. I mean, I'm glad you made the mention of the parlor because there is a nice little nod uh, in when Jeff Fahey first goes there to get the job, and Norman's like, "Oh, why don't you?" Join me in the parlor. And he's like, said the spider to the fly. Now, how is that a nod? Did somebody else say that? No, I mean, it's a nod to 
that old story. And right. this, you know, come into the parlor. I mean, come into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. Well, yeah. and that's basically, this is a trap. You know, I mean, overall, his life is, his entire life is a trap. Right. And. Which we talked about in the first one where he says, you know, uh, we're all in our private traps. We yes. scratch and claw, but only at the air, only at each other. And for all of it, we never budge an inch. I'm good. You're something. You know, I want to say one thing. Just to, if, just to see how strange I am. And this is why I'm unrelatable. <laughs> um, that painting that is on the wall that they, that Norman always moves with the people. Mm-hmm. This movie drew me into that world so much that I actually, uh-uh. you know, put it on my computer and then I freeze framed it and then I printed that out and it's on my wall. <laughs> Telling everybody just in case they didn't know that Is you're there a, a creep. Hole behind it? <laughs> in case they didn't know I'm a creep. Just in case, just to, you know, if you haven't gotten that yet, look at this. No, Jamie, because uh, the hole would only lead to my my hallway. So okay. Well, I just it's you know I don't know. I think it's cool. I do. I mean, honestly, if I were to walk into a guy's place and I saw something that and I recognized it. That would just, that's hot. You know, I mean, wow. I love horror movie references anyway. And anyone who, uh, and memorabilia and any kind of, I just, I love that shit. So I don't think it's weird. I think it's awesome. Would you think it's weird if I came running at you with a chainsaw? <laughs> well, I don't know, baby. What were we doing before that? <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, she's like, where were we when this happened? What's the situation beforehand? <laughs> you gotta give yeah. me more to work with. <laughs> yeah, maybe Jamie would like it if you did what Leatherface did to uh, Stretch and oh, pointed God, it towards that, her crotch. That scene is hot. I knew it. I know you. I know you so well. Oh boy. No, just like first of all, your adrenaline is—I mean, just firing on all pistons. I mean, she's like uh. now, you know, she's just about gotten killed several times. You know, she's backed up into this corner with this guy who's got this huge apparatus that he's <laughs> apparatus. Like swinging at her. And, you know, and then have you ever felt like or have you ever run anything across <laughs> across your jeans? You know, like, no, like at the at a seam or anything like that. Just, well, no, well, try like, it anyway. <laughs> I'm just happy that now that Jamie's on the show, we get four-syllable words on here. <laughs> Apparatus. Yeah. yeah. I'm just happy about that. I don't even care what she says. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just kidding. All right. So, uh, yes, I will run a chainsaw across my uh <laughs> No, don't run a chainsaw across it. <laughs> yeah, if a girl, like, puts her knee, you know, uses the knee thing and the, the clubs. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, yeah, when you fucking really grind it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Good I get it, Jamie. <laughs> Good word. Got to wear extra bag. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up for part three. So after uh, she tells him the story about the truth about Miss Spool, Norman cuts his that Miss Spool's head off and says, you don't think I got the guts? And he slices her head off, and it rolls across the floor. And once again, he goes from mother to Norman. There's another transition two times in this movie. Two times. Two times. So 
that's interesting how first somebody is dead before he gets there or sort of yep. kill themselves, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this one, it was just hearing that stuff. Although you hear mother go, lies, it's all lies. Uh, he believed it. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's that. And then uh, the cool scene at the end is that the cop, which we really didn't talk about in this one because, oh, except for the ice scene. Yeah, okay, right. we did. I was for you, man. Believed in you. You made a fool of me. Look what you did to yourself. Why, Norman, why? Good God, son. You'll never get out again. They're going to have you locked up forever. But I'll be free. I'll finally be free. What I love about it, man, you can still see, like, the bandage on his hand from when he... Remember when uh, Mother wanted to kill Maureen mm-hmm. after he was laying in bed with her and he put the knife in his hand and he punched the wall just to stop Mother? Yeah. Yeah, and he's got the little band-aids on each of his fingers. Yeah, right. Exactly. And Maureen also had bandages across her wrists throughout the movie, too. That was cool. Yeah. Okay, very, very good with that. But I didn't think it made sense, though, guys. Um you know, when he's stroking the hand in the car, that doesn't make sense, especially because of what just happened with mother and that he just said that, dude. It doesn't make any fucking sense. If he freed himself and and, and he finally, you know, it doesn't make sense, especially and if it was like the original mother's, but I thought he realized that that was Mrs. Spool. Why would he right. grab her hand? See, that that was that didn't make any fucking sense. Dude. You're right. And you know what? A little behind the scenes, which I don't like to do because I like to treat these like they're real. <laughs> We've been doing that since the beginning. Yeah. Um, that was added in because the studio felt that there should be one more twist at the end. Oh, wow. It made no sense to me. When I saw it, I was like, wait, what? Dan, what do you think? What do you think about the movie and how do you rate the movie? Overall, solid movie. Uh, you know, one of the better sequels in in all of the uh, franchises um and uh yeah if i were to rate it i'd say uh, uh, you, you have to give it a horror rating i suppose right yeah as opposed to a i'm thinking an 8.5 is uh is a good rating um yeah 8.5 so, thank you thank you yep. jamie love it um i'm gonna say Six. See, you can't get us, Jamie. You can't get us. I know it. I'm not doing it again. I felt for for your bunk rating last time. I ain't going to fall for it again. There ain't no way. I know you far too well for you to give this a fucking six. (laughs) Can't fool me. Okay, fine. Learn Um, quick, I do. I'm going to say, what did I say for the last one? 7.5, I think. Okay. See, I'm curious if you think it's better or not. Well, that's the thing, is that there, it's, um, I'm going to say 7.5 for this one as well. Different reasons, but, but they're both, and see, that, those are good scores for me. Like, I don't understand you guys. Okay, Jason sends me, or Jason says to me, the, he's like, uh, the first two, oh, it was Hellraiser, because we talked about Hellraiser revelations on Evil Episodes. And he's like, and uh, he's like, actually, we stomped all over Hell Hellraiser Revelations. And he's like, you guys were, you guys were a bit harsh, weren't you? And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, the first, he's like, the first couple are only sevens for me, like the first two movies in the Hellraiser series. And I'm like, only a seven? 
A seven is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a it good is. score. Well, it is. But, um, so I don't understand. Like, 7.5 for me is a really good score. That is not low. No, it is. I don't think it's low. I just think in terms of, um, as you rated the last movie, that you would rate it the same. That's why I'm kind of like, oh, wow. Like, that. that's almost to say that you kind of like it the same. Yeah, she blends them both together, sort of. Yeah. I like it ab- about the same amount. Jamie, for- why do you hate this movie? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I hate? Number ratings, and this is exactly yeah. what yeah. True. Well, That's listen, true. what are we... I think it's a little... I don't know. To, to act like a teacher and grade a director or actors or whatever, I think it's right. a little uh, pretentious. I don't know. And we pretty much just did grade it just talking about it. People get an overall feeling, you know? If you want to sound bite it, this is for sound biting purposes. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, Dan Bolday, the guy on our Facebook... He he says that these movies are he he pictures them as one big movie. So it's you are right on track that they're both exact same. You're up. You're up. <laughs> You're up. I've never even been to France. No! Oh. All right, that was the worst. Hey, what was worse, that joke or that chick's joke in part three, where she's like, "The wet look is in." Oh, that was terrible. Oh, that was worse than my joke when. Uh, Eric Morse came on the last show, or the one before that, and I said, what should we call you? Eric, William, or Ericum? <laughs> that that was like, my girlfriend even said, wow, babe, that was a low point in your uh, one-liner career. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I was really reaching for that one. <laughs> Who wrote Scary Movie 5? Kevin Williamson. That was a good one. <laughs> that was the best. I don't know why that's just so fucking funny to me. And Matt Wazell likes your joke when you said Orion should get the belt. <laughs> How come he didn't like my bathtub joke about when Eric said, "You know what's the crazy thing about Canon GPXs?" And I said, "When you throw them in the bathtub, they stop working." <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. No, not that one. I liked it. Eh, <laughs> can't win them all. Nope. All right. Uh, wow. How? How do I rate Psycho Three? I don't know, but I was just reading Matt Wazell's name on Facebook when you said it out loud. It was weird. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. It's because I stalk him. That's what I'm I've had insane coincidences with that stuff, that meant to be stuff that I've been spouting off about uh-huh. this year. Uh-huh. I've had a lot of them. I know. Really? I told you a few? Uh-huh. I'm one I, of them. Oh, oh, I'll tell you one right now. <laughs> there, there, there was this guy. Who, and that wasn't a dirty thing. I mean, that was being serious. <laughs> <laughs> there was this guy. He's a... Uh, this will sound weird for people who don't know. He's, he's a professional bowler. And I see him on TV. And I said, he looks like he looks like William Shatner with Down Syndrome. <laughs> so, I actually went to a bowling alley. <laughs> and they were having the pros there that week. So, I'm at the bar. I'm knocking back a Coors Light. Because that's all I had on draft. They didn't have my favorite, MGD. And he poured in the fucking storm, right? That's right, baby. Right, Captain Spaulding? <laughs> so I look to my right, and there is sitting Patrick Allen. And I look at him, and I go, wow, that's the guy I say that to. I kid you not, in my vision, right up behind him is a television. Who do you think is being interviewed on TV? No, nice. Could you imagine this? Yeah. I call this guy 
William Shatner with Down Syndrome. I go to a bar. This guy from television is in this bar. I look up and William Shatner is right above him. That's fucking weird, dude. Crazy. You have now entered the Twilight Zone. I want Jason Lloyd to deny that because he tried denying the mama reference. I can't deny it. I'm going to say my mama. So. Like Jamie did. Yeah. Right. You did. Yep. Go listen. Go play back. I haven't listened to it the first time. You said, honey, a lot of people call their mom mama. It's okay, though. <laughs> you said darling. Oh, well, it's true, though. That's true. Oh, stop. It's just, what? <laughs> mama. No. Ma, okay. the meatloaf. Florida. Why is my name Florida? <laughs> Dan, what, what do I do here? What do I rate this? Do I, do I sign the crazy list or do I say something like nine? Uh, you do whatever you want to do, baby. You reach down into your soul and you figure out what you really feel about this movie, and then I want you to pull it up out of the depths of you. And it's like the end of Star Wars, dude. When you're releasing the fucking torpedoes, use the force, Luke. <laughs> there are people on the edge of their seats for this, right? Yeah, right. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna go with what Jamie said because I agree with that. You don't have to be perfect for me to love you. Aww. This is a nine. Oh, the movie. Sorry. It's okay. a nine? <laughs> yes. Good for you. Stand your ground. You can be wrong if you want. <laughs> this is my nine. And nine is about as high as I go, I think, because nothing's perfect. Own it. Yeah, I don't think I even gave Halloween more than nine, right? So. Yeah. And that's it, though. I mean, we're telling you why we love this film. You know, we're not making you love it. These are the reasons no. why we love it. This is fucking. This is filmmaking at its fucking finest. I mean, you can go sign it to it, to it or not. We don't give a fuck. This is just our feelings on it, and we think it's fucking boss. That's right, bitch. So that's the end of Psycho Three. Loved it. Great time. And next up, Psycho Four. The prequel. It's actually called Psycho the Beginning. The kid from E.T. Yes. So we will phone home. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Is that my second worst joke? Okay, let's get out of here before I do a third. Okay. <laughs>